When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sports book, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOFD, you'll be all set when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOFD. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 or older and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio. one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Winning comes in all shapes and sizes. Every day there's an opportunity for a win, just like scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. Every day grab-and-go, every day giftable, every day fun. It's where anticipation meets instant gratification, and they're satisfying to scratch no matter the outcome. Like the new Virginia Lottery Scratcher Colossal Cash. It's loaded with $100 to $500 prizes. Now, that's an everyday win. Drive to the nearest Virginia Lottery retail location and pick up a scratcher today. Odds of winning any prize, 1 in 3.21. Hi, this is Ken McCusick. We're here for another film study with uh this time with lucas perfetti and lucas how you doing today i'm doing well ken um how are you life is good i can't complain one little bit even though the the ravens lost the titans is pretty debilitating here in baltimore you're a chicago guy how did how did you guys get through this season um this season was not the easiest season there was a ton of adversity uh and as cliche as it sounds it it was nice to see that this team had fighting them all the way through week 17 in previous years, and I mean, this is something that I don't feel like Ravens fans are familiar with, at least in the last couple of decades, but we've seen some really rough goes at it where 
were at three and 13 or five and 11 or something like that, where this team really had no quit in it. So for them to finish eight and eight, even though it is the definition of mediocrity, I still like the way that they, there was never a time they quit, you know, and seeing what's going on with Mark Tressman and the XFL right now, and just how the team reacted to Mark Tressman when he was the head coach, it's just, it's a much different feeling in Hallis Hall. And I do believe that there is a solid core intact need to do some fine tuning. They need to uh, really, self-scout, adjust their offensive scheme to either a kind of exactly what Greg Roman did with Lamar Jackson, cater to what Mitchell Trubisky does well, or move on from him and mm-hmm. and really start to to find a quarterback that fits exactly what Nagy's trying to do. But me personally, if you want to be considered a offensive guru or whatnot, you know, like Shanna, um, <clears throat> Kyle Shanahan with Nick Mullins and CJ Beathard, he was still able to get some decent production out of them. So if you're an offensive guru, you should be able to adjust to your personnel, but that's a whole separate issue. That's not what we're talking about today. No. So we have Lucas on the show to talk about a specific article that I picked up on, but Lucas came up with a methodology for effectively revaluing positions within the draft that will allow you to kind of set up your own board and kind of predict how the draft might fall out a little better. And I'm going to let Lucas talk about the strategy. Basically, you looked at a bunch of past drafts to find trends. Tell us about that, Lucas. Yeah, so I pretty much just looked at the past decade of drafts. Obviously, from era to era, football changes. Certain players come out that change the game, so it starts a different trend. Right now, we're seeing a trend within the league that people want bigger corners because the wide receivers that have been coming out have all been these 6'4 guys like um, DK Metcalf. They're, They're these big, fast receivers that can go up and get the ball, so teams are starting to scout longer corners, and that's just kind of you know, looking at the past 10 years, I feel like it's the best sample size because it's the most recent. Um, But overall, I just kind of looked at the first two rounds of the draft over the past decade to see exactly where players were falling, how many players were going per certain amount of picks, whether it's one through 10. Um, And I created a tier system out of the one through 10 picks just to kind of see what teams are trading up into the first round and what teams are picking in the first round. Obviously, it's quarterback heavy, edge rusher heavy. um, But There's a ton of uh, I really went pretty deep into it to see what's going on. Um, And then I broke it down from one to 10, 11 to 32. I even did one to 50. Um, I did 41 to 55, I believe, and 56 to 64. So really just kind of. I I just want to ask you one question about this. Let's stick with the top 10 for just a second, Lucas, because I saw that very interesting material here. But the top 10 picks, you really reinforce what people normally would think on average per year it looks like in the last 10 drafts there have been two quarterbacks 2.5 edge rushers 1.4 tackles taken in that top 10 so tell me now what do you do with that to then project the top 10 in a in a mock draft so realistically you just kind of look at and i think a big part of it too is range right because in the top 10 in 2018 you had four players go um, so I feel like the range is something that's also very important because some t- like some years in 2013, there were zero quarterbacks taken in the top 10. You know, it, it all depends on really what's going on. But as we all know, it's a quarterback driven league. Everyone's looking for their next franchise quarterback, even teams like uh, New Orleans and New England and some of these guys that have established veteran quarterbacks, the San Diego or L.A. Chargers now are moving on from Phillip Rivers. So you can never have a good enough quarterback. There's only a few teams in the league that are really secure with what they have in the position. 
Um, so I, obviously that's where the most importance is. And then you got the guys that protect him in tackles and you got the guys that go, go after him and edge rushers. So those are really the most important, but I felt like while I was creating this tier system, naturally you noticed quarterbacks and edge rushers were by far the most, um, most valued. So I put tackles as the top of tier two, just because there are times where you'll see a run on tackles or, or things of that nature, but very rarely um, do you see the amount of tackles going in the first round, or I'm sorry, in the top 10, as you see quarterbacks, whereas edge rushers can compete with that. And even if, I mean, my edge rushing category is a little bit skewed because I have it as defensive end, linebacker, and edge rusher. So, you know, sometimes you have the unicorns like Luke Keekley or things of that nature. But generally in the top 10, it's going to be your defensive end and a 4-3 or your outside linebacker and a 3-4. Um, and, and you're also going to see a lot more consistency through the first round in general with those edge rushers. A lot of those guys are going off the board a lot quicker. Okay, so I understand why you put defensive end and edge together. Why did you put inside linebackers in with the defensive ends and edge? I did. I, I put inside. I put all of them in one grouping, only because I. And you'll see throughout the tier system, like if if someone is a true inside linebacker, instead of getting the overall one, they're going to be a one point five, right? Um, inside linebackers in general, if they're going in the top ten, they are one of those extremely well-regarded players throughout. You know what I mean? All scouts are seeing this inside linebacker. You're never going to get someone that's kind of with a, with a variable um, like where, where you're seeing across three sites. One guy has them rated at 47. One guy has them rated at eight. Usually they're kind of strict across the board. So when it comes to the top 10 in general, I just felt like grouping them together would work um, because realistically people know for the most part, I mean, if you're doing mock drafts like this, you're pretty involved in the NFL. You're This is the time. This is the offseason. This is the time where you're convincing yourself that your team is going to make that next move um, and you're going to be a Super Bowl contender. So I think people that really are doing these mock drafts can differentiate uh, the difference between like a true edge rusher and an inside linebacker. But I also felt like what an inside linebacker brings to your defense is just as important. Um, most teams, if you're secured through the middle, whether you know, you're know you running a 3-4, you have your nose tackle, your inside linebacker, and your free safety are all in line, you're usually pretty set. Uh, all you got to do is build around it. Okay, very, very similar, very pertinent for the situation in Baltimore because Baltimore needs all three of those posi- – well, they need, they need an edge defender and they need inside linebacker help. But – there is a real debate in Baltimore, which used only 1.32 inside linebackers per play last year. Played a lot of dime and quarter packages as to whether an inside linebacker is really the right play, even though there might be some good ones available. And they did so well with platooning and, and doing the system that, that I would I'm one of the people anyway who believes they should not draft an inside linebacker at 28. The other thing I noticed about your chart was at tackle. Only Mike McGlinchey appears to be the only tackle taken in the first 10 picks in the last three years, which is a fairly sharp departure from previous years as well. Uh, okay, I understand your point about that. Now, let's let's move on a little further with the with the tiered system, because you've got tier one, two, three, four. Now, what are you going to do with that to apply it to uh, whatever mocks or uh, to to create a mock draft? So realistically, in general, the way I did it is I took sources, uh, CBS, Pro Football Focus, and then Daniel Jeremiah, who, in my opinion, him and Bucky Brooks, it, those are the guys to listen to when you're talking about draft coverage um, and combine coverage. Those guys, in my opinion, are the most educated. So I kind of have it weighted where Daniel Jeremiah's is the most important. I took his top 50 prospects, and then I kind of added and sprinkled some other um, prospects throughout. But 
end of the day, if you really look at it, um, I have the, the average of those three, and then you add in the tier system, and you also have, if they're a top five player in Bucky Brooks's uh, positional ranking. So I just kind of took an average of all those, and the way the tier system works is it just kind of, now it didn't elevate them as much as you would think, you know, like a quarter, because obviously if there's four first round graded quarterbacks, the likeliness of them all going in the top 10 is pretty high. It's very rare. Like someone, someone like Lamar Jackson falls to the end of the first round. Exactly. Yeah. So, and kudos to you guys. That's awesome. You know what I mean? And that's in my opinion, coming out of that draft, Lamar Jackson was my favorite player, not because he was the most pure NFL ready quarterback, but just because he was a winner and a gamer. And he just seemed to have like all throughout his career in college, he just seemed to have that chip on his shoulder that, um, I mean, I mean, I'm a big fan. If I if I were to choose some AFC teams, I, I've always been a huge fan of the Baltimore Ravens in general. In general, you guys, as an organization, run things the right way. Always in the conservatory draft formula. Ray Lewis and Ed Reed were two of my favorite players of all time. And I'm even as a Chicago Bears fan, I'm willing to admit Ray Lewis, Brian Urlacher. It's not even a comparison. Ray Lewis is the best inside linebacker I've ever seen in my entire life. And I think the Bears would have those two Super Bowls that the that the Ravens had if they had Ray Lewis running their defense. Hmm. Um, but that's kind of beside the fact. Um, you know, the tier system in general, it factors in, but it doesn't skew the results as much as you would think. So when I'm talking about now, if I'm talking about where I think players are going to go versus where I think that they're ranked, it's a whole different ballgame um, because you'll see guys like Josh Rosen, Josh Allen. Those guys get thrown to the top 10, right? It's not quarterbacks are so highly valued that they're they're going to make that jump into the top 10 if they have that first round potential whereas players like defensive tackles they're going to kind of fall a little bit further. Leonard Williams made it to the 6th pick. There was mm-hmm. no re- he was a consensus number 1 but there was no reason he should have made it to that 6th pick and the guy's been I mean he had a rough go with the Jets for a little while but for the most part like when he's healthy and he's on the field he's a huge contributor he's a great defensive end in a 3-4 system he could play two gap so um there's just there's certain values that happen and so what what this what this tier system did really when I added it into the equation is it just bumped up uh, some of those higher tier guys if if people were on the borderline it bumped them up one but it it's not essentially my rankings it's more so to do or I'm sorry it's not essentially where I think guys are going to go but it more so has to do with how how much this is affecting uh, their ranking? You know what I mean? Okay, let me let me see if I can do this because in understanding this, it was really kind of a, a light win on. So I'm going to try and pair it through what I think is happening with your with your system. So you've got the the four systems: Jeremiah, CBS, PFF, and Bucky's top five. And Daniel Jeremiah is a true rating from one to whatever. He may have a top 100, a top 50. It looks like. There's at least 75 on this. I see it. No, it's, it's, a, it's a top 50. So what I did, because there was um, like Josh C- Jones. Yeah. CBS had a uh, hundred, a top 100. P- I'm sorry. PFF had a top 100. CBS had like one to 7,000. And Daniel Jeremiah only had 50. So okay. anything that came after Daniel Jeremiah's top 50, like say PFF had someone in their top 32 or top 50 that wasn't in Daniel Jeremiah's, I threw them in the mix same thing with CBS, but if you weren't on Daniel Jeremiah's list, then you got a ranking of 75 because I didn't, you know, yeah. I, I wanted to give it a fair thing. And same thing with CBS or PFF. If they weren't in, uh, you know, if something was on Daniel Jeremiah's or vice versa, then their max was a 100. 
Got it. So, okay. So it's a, a good model simplification. You put in a 75 if he's not on, on Jeremiah's list. So there's a, there's a one to 50 and there's a bunch of 75s among a hundred prospects. If you were listening, listing them here, there weren't as many as a hundred. I don't think. Then you've got the CBS, which is the true list, the PFF, which is a true list because they've got the, they've got one to 100 etched out whether they're correct or not. And then you've got a Bucky's top five, which seems to have a different scale to it. So it's just a yes, no. Are they on that list in the top five? No. So if it came to positional rankings, if someone like Chase Young, okay, uh-huh. he's the number one edge rusher. So he gets a one by him. If you're the number three edge rusher, you get a three by you. If you're not on the top five list, then you're going to get a seven ranking. It looks like there are tens handed out here from what I'm seeing. Was that a different, uh, some other thing? If you're not, like there are tens and sevens in your Bucky column. Tens. All right. Yeah, it's not important. We, we, we can talk about it another time, but uh, but there, I see tens and sevens in the Bucky's top five column in your spreadsheet me, here, which has the averages to the right. I'm sure that um, then maybe I, maybe it had a little bit to do with my, my uh, viewing of the prospect itself. All right. If I gave if I gave someone a ten, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it was. When I was giving people tens in the Bucky's top five, uh, that's just because I might some of those sevens I might have valued higher than I did the tens. Okay, so they're out of the top five for Bucky. Bucky didn't have one on his list, but you exactly. then split them into two groups of sevens and tens, and and then you average those four numbers, which are different scales now. The Jeremiah, CBS, and PFF are reasonably the same scale with the simplification for Jeremiah. The Bucky top five number is a little different but that's okay and then you're also making an addition for the tier they had or some sort of addition for that explain how that works exactly no it looks like you just averaged the tier into it somehow that's all i just averaged the tier i just added all the numbers together and divided it because realistically if you got a ranking of 50 50 50 and you know uh just say let's make it easy it's it's 50s across the board then their grade's going to be a 50 well that doesn't really make sense. But as I was going through and while I was doing the tiers and while I was doing the Bucky Brooks, I kind of realized, hey, if you add in a three or, or a two or a one, then it's a whole different ball game. It'll start putting it into a more perspective to to actual number pick. You know what I mean? So now you have one, two, three, four, five instead of 17.2 and 21.7. You know what I mean? There's not as much of a gap. You're seeing a lot more uh, just just an easier list to read in general. Okay. All right. That, that's fine. A little bit different scale there. Uh, for people listening to this, I know there's a strong analytics community listens to the show. I, I really encourage you to read this article. Can you can you tell them where you find it? Uh, yeah, if you look at uh, ontapsportsnet.com, it's just called the name of the article, I believe, is hold on. Let me pull it up for two you. Two round mock draft. Yeah, for two Fetty round. is how I found it. You just typed in two round mock draft for Fetty. Yeah. Um. Yeah, if you if you were to type in my name, two round. Oh, it's I think it's called analyzing the last decade of drafts, two round mock mock draft cat, mock draft kit. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what I'd encourage the the, the analysts out there, and Josh Mustyko comes to mind for for people who would would love this kind of thing, is to take a look at this and see if there is a scale that would be created where your data can replicate a different year. If you take nine years of data, say in a 10 year period, and you then project that, can you get that to, to uh, create accurate mock, mock drafts by training with with uh, nine of the 10 years of data? So it's a great idea, by the way, positionally to kind of alter points that would create this 
draft level. I love it, Lucas. This is a this is a really good thing. So let's just talk about your top five for this year. Then after uh, your all all the points are divided, who are the five guys who are going to go one through five according to Lucas Perfetti? Well, all right. So can I elaborate a little bit more on sure, the system in general? This overall is just a general system because there's no, there's always a wild card. There's always a GM or a head coach that falls in love with a player that has no business being drafted in the top five or the top 10, and he ends up getting drafted there. You know what I mean? So no matter how much analytics or this is all just a general thing. At, at some point, you got to go with your gut. And when you're mock drafting for your team, see, when I when it's hard to do a seven-round mo- seven mock draft for every single team. So that's why I narrowed it down to two rounds. If you're doing a two-round mock draft, you can look at every single team's needs and you can go through and say, okay, well, maybe this guy's ranked 10th um, through the average of all of these. But, you know, say Baltimore really needs a middle linebacker. Well, maybe that'll maybe that'll jump it up a bit. You know what I mean? So there's sure. always the human element of, you know, these guys go in and, Mitchell Trubisky drives a, a junky Toyota car or whatever he is that, that made Ryan Pace love him over Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson. So that variable is always going to be there and it's going to be very difficult to take that variable out. But when you look at the overall list in general, some of the consensus top five, like knock it out of the park for most. If you look at across every single player ranking, you got Chase Young at number one or Joe Burrow at number one. Um, those two are kind of flirting with one and two. Then you got two attack of Iloa. Jeff Okuda and Isaiah Simmons, which all five of those prospects, in my opinion, um, Tua has the the injury concerns, but for the mm-hmm. most part, those five guys should go in the top 10. There's no doubt about it. Um, and then you got someone like Derek Brown, who there's a little bit more variability, right? Some guys have him ranked as the second ranked player. Some, some systems have him ranked at the 11th ranked player. And then you see, well, defensive tackles for the most part are in that third tier, no matter what, like, for a defensive tackle or a running back, for them to get drafted in the top 10, most of the time they're falling a little bit. It's not like players are trading up to go get a running back or trading up to go get a defensive tackle in the top 10. Usually those guys find their way down to a team, like I was saying with someone like Leonard Williams. So, you know, someone like Derek Brown is getting projected to the Carolina Panthers. He's going to be one of the better players on the board, but he kind of has no business making it all the way down to six or seven. So it's just kind of that, you know, as I was saying, it's just got that human element to it. Um, but overall, you look, Isaiah Simmons, who's probably my favorite player coming out of the draft, Okuda, Tua, Joe Burrow, and Chase Young are the top five. So one of the big questions this year has been whether or not Miami might have to trade up to get Tua. So they're at number five. There's the injury concerns involved. Do you think that they will have to make a move? Do you think there's enough pressure on that pick? Or do you think the injury concerns will, will have him lasting to number five? Because it's actually kind of a big deal. Miami has an unbelievable amount of draft capital. I'd hate to see them be able to make all those picks on schedule and still get their quarterback. I think that's exactly what they want. But um, realistically, with the injury concern, now, this is the thing about Tua. If he doesn't get injured, if he doesn't have this injury history, mm-hmm. the, the conversation is who's going n- number one, Tua or Joe Burrow. You got yeah. this guy that's got the sample size over a few years with Alabama, and then you got Joe Burrow who had just a, a phenomenal season last year. So that would be the discussion. Now that there's this injury concern, Joe Burrow has kind of been slotted into that number one quarterback. Um, but even still, Bucky Brooks has Tua as his number one quarterback. So it all just depends on what the GMs want to do. Um, but back, like back to what I was saying, I think when you look at someone like Tua, 
and you look at the Miami Dolphins, is it a fit? Yes. Do they need to trade up for him? Absolutely not. Because of the that, the injury concerns and because realistically he's a left-handed quarterback, you have to change your entire offense to kind of fit that. You got to go and get someone who's natural as a, as a pass blocker to play right tackle. You know what I mean? Everything just mm-hmm. kind of changes the element of your offense. Now, if he falls to them, why not? You take a flyer on him. But I don't think Miami is ready this year to go and start winning. So do you need the quarterback in place? I don't know. We've seen time and time again teams go and get their quarterback before they build up their offensive line, before they build up their offensive scheme, before their running game's intact, and then you ruin a quarterback before they even start their career. Um, And we saw it happen with Andrew Luck. We saw it happen with Matthew Stafford. Like These guys are ultimate producers that never really had a chance to go – I mean, more so with Matthew Stafford. Andrew Luck, I know, made a couple runs, but they never really had a true chance because they never had a true running game. You know what I mean? And then you saw what happened with Andrew Luck in 2018 where they got a running game and a and an offensive line in front of them, and they just made that huge run. And I, I was expecting big things from the Colts, but obviously that crazy stuff happened where he retired. But overall, no, I don't think they need to trade up for him. I think Tua is a, a great prospect, but you don't – if I was Miami, I would just keep stocking up. I would go – I would be in the Trevor, Le- Trevor Lawrence Bowl for 2021. I would trade out of that top – I would trade down and keep getting more capital because I don't think – realistically their record at the end of 2020 is going to put them outside of the top 10. So if you got three picks in the first round and you want to trade up to the number one overall, say, you know, you got, there's a, there's a pretty high likelihood that one of these teams like the Bengals or like the Redskins that don't have their quarterback figured out right now. It's not like Joe Burrow is going to come and make them ultimately an eight and eight team. That's not what I believe personally. I don't think he's that type of upper echelon prospect. There's, you know, Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, and then Trevor Lawrence is the next big one. Joe Burrow was never in that conversation. So I don't think he's the type of guy that's going to elevate the rest of his roster. LSU was stacked, and I think he can distribute and be your point guard if you need him to. I think he can make plays. I think he can go out and actually win you games, but I don't think he's the type of guy that's going to put the team on his back for 16 games in a season. So realistically, if I was them, I would get as much draft capital this year, pick as many solid players because you got holes everywhere, and then go ahead and try to put all your eggs into one basket for Trevor Lawrence in 2021. Okay. All that's right. if Tua doesn't fall. If he falls, he at five. Take him. All right. So that uh, that sounds great. I want to do a little bit from a, a Ravens perspective here, though. Zach Bond has been a name that's come up. Kenneth Murray has been a name that's come up. And Patrick Queen. All guys rated, looks like, 32 and down in the 28th pick. So I, I do want to point out to some listeners here that, that if they did go for an inside linebacker, uh, at least according to the system being used, according to the, the average of Jeremiah, PFF, CBS, and I'm going to leave Bucky off here for a second, uh, that it looks like those players would be kind of a stretch at 28. So there are other players, edge rushers, uh, potentially there are cornerbacks certainly who fit more nicely into, into 28, but, uh, you know, they'd be stretching for need and probably would, would do well to trade back and get one of those three guys if they just have to have an inside linebacker. Well, yeah, I was going to say traditionally, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't the Baltimore Ravens kind of a best player available type draft oh, team? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what I, I don't see them going for that reach. If anything, I think you hit the nail on the head, they would trade back to then go ahead and get more capital and then go ahead and get one of the guys to fill a positional need because the Ravens in general have been outstanding at drafting and paying their own players. 
getting those conservatory draft picks, as I was saying before. So they always seem to find a way to trade down and get more capital on draft day. I don't, I don't see them making that move at all. I don't see them going up and reaching because they have a positional need. They had no problem getting rid of CJ Mosley. And the guy was an absolute freak in 2018, you know? So I don't, I don't think they're worried about it. They're, they're the type of team that says, Hey, listen, we're going to pick Lamar Jackson at 32 because he's the best player on the board. We're going to get rid of Joe Flacco and go ahead and go get RG three double down on our run game that was already good and go get Mark Ingram. You know what I mean? Like they build their team in, in the appropriate manner. And if you're, if most of your fan base is Ravens fans, I'm sure you guys are all very happy with what they do. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We, we, we are indeed. There's just some, some local debate over who's the appropriate person. And you were on Twitter all the day. So you know how stacked opinions are towards skill position players. Everybody wants a wide receiver. Everybody wants a running back with their first round pick. Any, you don't have that happen in Chicago. Oh, we oh, have boy. it happen, but yeah. my personal opinion is you put all your early draft picks on the line every yeah. single time. Yeah. You could I, find, I, you find safeties in the fifth round. You sign, you, you know, you find running backs in the fourth round. You could find receivers in the sixth round. You cannot find elite tackles or edge rushers in the seventh round. Like it's very, very rare. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree completely. Uh, been a pleasure having you on here, and I hope you won't mind if I take this back to some of the some of the folks who are interested in this kind of thing, and we don't try some fine tuning on a system like this because I think this would be very interesting uh, to to uh, to rescale slightly and and find uh, you know see if the list changes at all. A couple of different methodology. Anyway. I, what you've done, Lucas, is really something cool. It's it's a it's a very neat way to look at the draft differently and try and create mocks. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it, man. And I um, if you see in the article, go ahead and tweet me at Perfetti or I'm sorry at Lucas Perfetti forty six with a C. Anyone that gets the closest two round mac mock draft, I will buy them the draft hat of their team's choosing. Huh. So go ahead and uh, yeah, we got a little giveaway going on. Follow me. We got Bears on tap if you're a Bears fan on tapsportsnet.com to find all of our Bears content. We do all Chicago sports for anyone out there that maybe for some reason is a Cubs fan in Baltimore or, or whatnot. Um, but, yeah, we're, we're just out here trying to provide quality content. Um, you know, I'm not a big fan of the clickbait type stuff or the trash your own team to make some money. I'm more about like, hey, let's build a quality website and let's get some quality coverage out there for our, our people. You know what I mean? I think one dedicated fan is better than 300 clicks that will just, you know, disappear like a fart in the wind. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I appreciate you being on Lucas. So we're going to try and have you on again for a know your foe episode prior to the 2021 bears Ravens game. How's that sound? That sounds fantastic actually. And if okay. you want to come on to mine, we'll, we'll do the same. Happy to reciprocate. We'd love to do that. And uh, one of other people out there listening, uh, please consider film study shorts. If you have a study like this, like as Lucas did, you'd like to talk about it on air. We'd love to discuss it with you. Uh, that's my, always my preferred content, but I'm, I'm looking for people to discuss free agency with and the draft in the, in the weeks coming up. Lucas, thanks for joining us again. Uh, really appreciate your time. Yeah, no problem, Ken. I appreciate you. Okay, take it easy. See you next time on Film Study. Yeah, take care.
Birdland Sports. For fans, by fans. Find more great shows like this at birdlandsports.com. Winning comes in all shapes and sizes. Every day there's an opportunity for a win, just like scratchers from the Virginia Lottery. Every day grab-and-go, every day giftable, every day fun. It's where anticipation meets instant gratification, and they're satisfying to scratch no matter the outcome. Like the new Virginia Lottery Scratcher Colossal Cash. It's loaded with $100 to $500 prizes. Now, that's an everyday win. Drive to the nearest Virginia Lottery retail location and pick up a scratcher today. Odds of winning any prize, 1 in 3.21. Introducing the Lowe's List for Innovation. While our aisles are filled with innovative products, we've selected our favorites just for you. Like the exclusive Whirlpool washer with industry-first two-in-one removable agitator. We love this washer because you can customize any load. And with other smart features to streamline your laundry routine, this product is a must-have for families. Shop the full Lowe's list of top picks at Lowe's.com. Lowe's, home to any budget, home to any possibility. U.S. only. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.